0: Welcome to Twelve Rows Back Grand Final Edition. What a game! What a way to end the season. Uh, say no more. Uh, I'm sure you watched it. If you haven't watched it, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast before watching it. But we're going to dive right into it. Spoilers ahead. How'd you go? How'd you go, Tom? You 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 would have enjoyed that. Uh, probably not the team you were barracking for winning, but it was still it was dare I say the best grand final I've seen.
1: geez that is a massive call. That is. I'm flat. If I'm if I'm on a seb, I'm flat, and it's all results based. And that's just the the chasm of a grand final. There's a kick in it. One team licking their wounds, the other team celebrating for the next six months. It is a brutal, brutal game sport. Uh, I think I was over invested in the Lions winning seb to the point where it was a stressful experience. Uh, and there haven't been. I was thinking back. There haven't been too many neutral grannies I've watched where the team I've gone for hasn't got up in the close one so uh new experience for me in that way I guess uh I'm pre- I'm I'm reeling for the Lions so I'm I'm feeling for them uh the pies getting the chocolates on the day um the whole city of Brisbane
0: they uh the yeah. NRL they've blown the biggest lead in NRL grand final history the Broncos so they do know how to 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 lose one don't they Brisbane
1: yeah, I think I saw a funny uh, meme. It was a bit of a Venn diagram and it had win the grand final with five minutes to go, lose a grand final with five minutes to go and a uh, team that wears black and Brisbane and the Broncos are stuck in the middle of that. They both, uh, you know, tasted tasted it. It was that close, then lost it. It was so far. It just, you couldn't, yeah. I feel for any Brisbane fans or listeners out there with either sport, be it AFL or the small sport, NRL, uh, you got a feel for them. Um, that was heartbreaking on both counts. Yeah,
0: it was. So we're going to dive right into it. There's plenty plenty to unpack, plenty to digest in the game. There's a few trade rumors floating around early off the top. Todd Goldstein to Essendon. That is what yeah, to happened, Todd. Might have
1: got um, that.
0: But we, we can get into the game. But like, firstly, before any player touched the ball in this game. I knew I, you were
1: going to go this off the top. I was vindicated.
0: Here we go. We've had Kiss play, who, say what you will, it was exciting. Things were happening. Um, for anyone saying it was the biggest production of a, in a grand final pregame history, go and look up 1996, because that was huge too. Um, but we were pumped, all right? We've watched them. We've had the toss. Uh, Darcy Moore's hugged his old man. We've had the National Anthem, the Waltzing Matildas, the this. The, like, it's all happened, and here we go. All right, siren's gone. Let's bounce the ball. A famous bounce. Bang. Oh, hang on. I haven't done it right. Recall it. Recall it. Recall it. It's just got to go. If you're a traditionalist, please explain to me why we need that in the game. Outside of using the word tradition, because that's all you got, and it's not enough now, because it's just (laughs) ruined the start to what was the best grand final of all time.
1: It, well, look, I, I am in that traditionalist camp. I love the bounce, I love the quirk, but yeah, Jesus, you, you pay for it when you get it wrong. I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't have a logic that isn't involved in. We've done it for a hundred years. Uh, all logic says you ditch it. So, um, I mean, you can't even really do it to start a quarter because you end up with this, and it could have happened. I mean, yeah, it, just throw on it. The- I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. I might have to join you. It's done
0: throw on the 10 15 seconds you lose if there are five recalled bounces that's about 10 to 12 seconds and in a tight game like this that's all you need to go end to end
1: exactly look I I shouldn't I'm gonna you'll be like I can't believe you've uh, you know this but 2010 granny Goddard takes the best mark we've ever seen the granny kicks the goal do you know it went into the center square after that and they had to do a recall bounce but that could have cost us. No one talks about that, Seb. So having seen that recently, because you delve into YouTube and you look at the grand finals at this time of the year, uh, that, that's got me over the line. The bounce is done.
0: Yep. I I, I think everyone's in agreement now. Anyone who used to was calling me, you know, um sensationalist or, or knee jerk reaction for change, well I've been calling for it for a long time and that just it just ruined the start. You know, the, the game went on. It didn't actually detract from the game, but just throw it up and get the better decision makers out there. Cause there were controversial decisions from go to woe in this game. But I'll preface this by saying, still think Collingwood would have won. They were the best team, but there were points in this game where if the umpires made a different decision, different ball game.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, I, uh... Do you, are we we going to go umpiring off the top? I mean, it is a, a fair talking point. It was... No, I, mean, we,
0: no, we... no I, I probably want to talk about the premiers, um, to be fair to them, but um, sorry, the point about the bounce is, is pulling out some of the better decision-makers because they can't bounce, and then you get this peanut who can't bounce on the big stage. Um, so we'll talk about the decisions later, but tell me, like, well, I don't know if you want to talk about Collingwood, Tom, but they were... Impressive! No, I have to. They... I'm
1: sucking it up and getting getting through this one. Pies fans, you can hear you can hear it through the mic. It's a struggle, but I'm going to do it for the for the listeners out there that are tuning in to get you know a couple of expert opinions. I'll still give mine, Seb. It might not be uh, the praise the Almighty Collingwood that they're wanting, but I'll give it my best.
0: All right. Well, we can start with Bobby Hill, as he's known or first name Ian. So. You have a go at my family time. It happens all over the world here.
1: Um, <laughs> I learned a lesson that oh, we we're digressing early, but uh we could get to that uh Will and M's wedding that that'll come up in the uh, conclusion, I reckon. Awesome, awesome day, uh, and well done to yourself. Um yeah, big oh, Bobby, he he was unbelievable. Could have could have kicked six. Uh probably should have kicked six because he he couldn't miss in that first half and sort of lost his radar in the second. But just every time he got near it he did something with it 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 was unbelievable like he was he was taking hangers he was hitting set shots I I don't know if it was channel 7 continually seemed to get that you know that spider cam that comes behind and it actually gets real low it's pretty impressive behind all these goals none of them look like missing at any stage in that first half he just couldn't do any wrong um you you talk about we've praised Collingwood all year for getting you know they're their best and worst is pretty level. But the fact that they got this kind of game from this kind of kid is unbelievable. Like, you you wouldn't have banked on it. We were worried about where their goals were going to come from and they found an absolute source right here and now. And, he, yeah, he he was electric. He was unbelievable. And, yeah, I think, what was it, pick second or third round pick last year? That is probably one the Giants would have again. Yeah, Yeah. future second. The Giants would love it again, I reckon. He was probably already out the door because I think he tried two years ago to go to the Bombers and Jesus Correct. probably happy with that but
0: it wasn't a it wasn't a Giants wanted him out they wanted to keep him but but he, yeah. he pushed the button and yeah I don't think in his wildest dreams he would have thought this was how the season was going to end but uh, it it was the difference I'm I'll keep going negative I thought he was going to win the Norm Smith he's kicked four in a grand final but I also thought after half time he was non existent. And can you give a Norm Smith to someone who only plays a half?
1: Well, I guess, yeah. Look, it's fair. I think uh, here's one for the Bombers fans. I saw a tweet from Paul Barnard who said, oh, if, they, if you kick four in a granny, do you win a Norm Smith? Because he kicked four in 2000. Um, well, Bailey Fitch with-
0: kicked six, and I've called it the softest six in a grand final ever. Um, I
1: thought he had claims that night too. Um, Look, he, funnily enough, I don't know if you meant to segue this. He did mention post-game that he was watching Cyril Rioli highlights and, you know, I think Cyril's 2015 was explosive, but was it a four-quarter performance? No, but I think given everything under Bobby was reasonably even in terms of, I guess, output or impact or what you expected, he just sort of rose above. It was sort of a, it, it, it was just that performance stood out head and shoulders above anything else in terms of what you expected so maybe that factored into it I mean it was a clean sweep he got 15 votes which is five three so he was unanimous uh do you know who voted on that oh I couldn't tell you off the top of my head usually oh, it's gonna... someone it'd be someone in the Brisbane media probably Luke someone Darcy from...
0: Eddie Betts yep. Jude Bolton Sarah Ollie and Luke Shuey current player oh that's a strange um, one. Just knowing Luke Darcy, Jude Bolton, Eddie Betts, and, well, a little bit of Sarah Olly, they would just pick the obvious one. They would have no alternate thinking. They would just go, yeah, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, oh, he's kicked four. How good was he? Um, they're, they're, they're a boring bunch, that lot. I So here's my thing. Joey Danaher has kicked one less goal in a losing effort, had... Same number of kicks, same number of marks. He's had two clearances to Bobby Hills' done. Bobby Hills had five tackles. He's done. He's had more meters gained. Not really mentioning him for even close to it because Brisbane lost. But he he had a hell of a game. Jack Crispus had twenty five and two. Um, two enormous crucial goals, goals, really. Yeah, to, to go, he's only had eighteen touches, but the goal he kicked won them the game. Brisbane hit the Teron, front I think and within 30 was, seconds, he's banged on from
1: 50 and that was huge. And I think he was the number one rankings player too, if you like your yeah, super coach, I think he topped the top the scores. So it's another claims.
0: vindication moment for me. Cause I've been telling you all year, he's their best player. Um, Dacos has had, had 29 day. and one, but the softest free kick in the world to get his one. For some reason, there were rules applied to him that were not applied to the rest of the ground.
1: Save it for the umpiring segment, Seb, because I've got something. Um,
0: and i tell you who wasn't going to get it, and that is my man, Eric Hippwood, because
1: he was awful. Yeah, well, The Bounce, Hipwood and uh, Dagoe, you had a good day. I was thinking of you. You you just hit the mark. I don't know if you invested anything in those three, but you should have. No. Uh, You had a good one. Um, But, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Look, We're we're getting into the end of the year. We're going on tangents as we move into the summer. But do you think there's a case that – I know that you're talking traditional, but should the Norm Smith be, you know, Brownlow-esque, given a later date, let them watch a replay, let them – because we we the voting always misses out on those little nuanced performances or those guys that did those little things and you don't see it till you watch it for the fifth time or whatever you know maybe that's the realms of the you know the teams that win they sort of notice it more but no you, know, no, you, well,
0: you can't you don't want to take away from the moment and you've got to give it to them on the day I would have a different panel so I'd have people who have seen a bit more footy in their time. Eddie Betts recently retired. Even Drew Bolton's not out of the game that long. Luke Shuey, like they're in it. They, how do you how do you put it? You know those guys that they they know footy, they know the game inside out. They sort of watch it. All these players, they know footy, but then when it comes to like the MVP voting, they just go, oh yeah, and they just all name the same player without giving it any thought, because that's not yeah. well, Like that's that's how that's how this feels like. On the outset, he's kicked four. If you're watching the broadcast, you're hearing Brian Taylor carry on about how he's a he's Never done it before. Look how good he is. Da, 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 da. And he was great. I just didn't think it was unanimous that he got them over the line, given he didn't kick a goal in the second half and they were desperately needed. It, it,
1: and you're not wrong about that. I, I feel like that's almost, you got Dusty to thank for that because he had some, you know, that 2020 granny against the Cats, won the game off his own boot. Give him that one. But raffle at 2019 everyone had a good day that day the the ground swell behind him was enormous so I mean yeah he he was flashy and he stood out in the mind yeah I'm with you though in the second half his impact was was low I mean and it it could have been because he took took a couple of shots and missed them both but it wasn't as dynamic he wasn't sort of flying he wasn't setting them up or he wasn't involved in any crucial plays so you got claims there
0: I'm, I'm nitpicking a little bit it was still very good I just, I just didn't think it was unanimous that he was, he was best on ground.
1: Um, well, does it go into the old, you know, Jason Johansson, twenty sixteen? Have your time again, uh, at Norm no, Smith. That was a good. You're, vote you're that waggling year. your finger because you won money on him, but did you? Yep. <laughs> would have, would have been value back then too.
0: Yeah, twenty uh, sixes or thirty ones or something. Just had a nice little, little lobster on that. Um,
1: yeah. No, we are splitting hairs. He was, he was awesome, but I, I'm with you. Yeah. It wasn't a a medal for a four-quarter domination.
0: Yeah. I think if you go back and watch it, like a Tom Mitchell, 24 touches, 13 tackles, seven clearances was huge. Played the exact role they wanted. Um, Pendlebury was amazing. Um, I think I I said, I think the the night off the game, or the day after, that Pendlebury should retire off that. Um, Collingwood can't afford him to. He does that much on-field coaching and setting up and direction. That they need him out there. He is effectively a playing coach without having the title. Um, so well,
1: it is true, but I mean, is he amazing last quarter where the jaw drops? Don't worry about that. But I was watching what is it, Access All Areas with Damo and Lloydie, and Damo praising him for dragging it in for a ball up at the death. Like, spare me! Like, I, I feel like it's when the, the champions play. At a champion level, it, it gets blown out of absolute everything. So he was solid to me, Pendles, but I uh, uh, yeah. Maybe retire. Oh, he can't retire after this because he was great and they do need him, I'm with you. So maybe one more year. But I mean, Tommy Mitchell, I'd I'd have him ahead of Pendles in terms of impact on the game. Even Sidey to kick that goal from the depths of he was kicking from fifty-five at least. Mm. Um and that that to me, I think was a was a spot. Um where they got them the pies, uh, we we worried about where the goals were going to come from. This, this stat sort of blew me away when I saw it. So, the Lions outside 50 kick three points for the day. Collingwood kick four goals three from outside 50. Like, th- there's your ball game. Like, that's unbelievable. That is – I mean, they're almost, what, going at 50%. But, you know, to kick four goals from downtown and – in a game like that, in a game where they needed to find scores elsewhere, like that, that was enormous. So, um, you know, inside bottom, you wouldn't have picked him to kick that. crisp, you know, he's kicked two from outside there. Dugowie, we know, can do it. Um, it, it. You needed that from the Pies and they they got that that performance. So I think that was massive. And then Brisbane will be kicking themselves that they let Two after the siren goals happen, first quarter, second quarter. Like there is also your ball game. Like that's just red time footy. Is it a concentration thing? I mean, Bobby Hill set Pendles up for a goal when it was a lack of concentration from the Lions. It's just that the Pies don't seem to turn off at those moments, but the Lions can So I found those two facts said were where the Pies got them.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, the Pies. It... I'm surprised that a team with a brown two time Brownlow medalist in its midfield was handily beaten in the grand final. Um Neal was quiet. They didn't get enough out of Dunkley. And and you could maybe the call him came
1: a- into it after a quarter time. He he was
0: Yeah, you could maybe call Dunkley a wash with um with the Dugowie, goey but the goy's kicked two huge goals. You know, Zorko's had the seventeen 17- they just, just weren't getting their hands on the footy and, and getting enough. And and they were pretty lucky their forward line was as efficient as they were going inside.
1: Um, yeah, I actually thought that today. Like, there weren't... I mean, apart from your man, Eric, there weren't too many forwards that didn't get on the board and get on the board multiple times. Like, if you told me Joey, Charlie, Link, McCarthy, McCluggage are all going to kick multiple goals, you'd be like, geez, Brisbane by how much? So... Um, well, they, yeah, that, it, that was their
0: problem. You've had Danaher, Cameron, McCluggage, McCarthy, Bailey, multiple goal scorers, and then Devin Robinson's the only other goal
1: scorer. Yeah. Well, we're just... compared to the Pies, where you get goals from Pendlebury, Cybottom, Dacos, whether it was a free or not, Crisp, Dugowie, like that's where they found something, Collingwood. We worried, like I said before, about where the goals have come from because, you know, check did a snap and that was about it. Frampton was a borderline negative influence on the game. Uh, as in negative on the Pies winning. Um, Yes, he did an okay job on Harris-Andrews for a half, but then went missing in the second half and almost cost him late.
0: Who had a better game, Frampton or Cam Rainer? Just so you know, Cam Rainer did play the whole game and wasn't subbed out.
1: Nah, fair. Uh, I wouldn't have noticed Rainer too many times, to be fair. I think he might have given away a free at some stage. So he wasn't amazing, but...
0: He's their number one draft pick. You know the the things North Melbourne are desperate to get these number one draft picks. That's what he did.
1: Well, who did you bit... think had a better game?
0: Oh, Frampton. Because I, I I was looking at this game and I saw I saw um, the big fella down back. What's his name? Harris Andrews. You know the big ears. Um, <laughs> I saw him as a real threat to win the Norm Smith, Brian Harris, Brian Lake style. Um, just take mark after mark after mark, calling and of bombing it in because. Who Collingwood got to market? You got Mason Cox. Uh, I was about to say Cameron Wood, um, Darcy Cameron. <laughs> There's a flashback. Brody Meyer checked a big like they got no one to take these marks. It was set up for him to have a good game, and Collingwood were really patient and accurate with their ball movement. Um, side note: I had a seventy to one multi going and just needed Darcy Cameron to kick a goal, and that was home. So oh, geez. that's an ambitious
1: one though. Ambitious league that would have juiced it up, but
0: least favorite player at the minute. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I thought Frampton's lack of wanting the ball was, was key. So they've now got, you've got um, Nathan Murphy down back who doesn't want the ball. And now you've got Billy Frampton up for it. So they've got two players on the field who never want the ball. Um, it's quite amazing to win a game with 16 players to go the ball and two who are not interested. Um, but it was, I've got a question to put to you, Tom, and I haven't, I haven't prefaced you with this, so I apologize, but is this Collingwood side, one of the best modern examples of money ball we have in the AFL?
1: (laughs) We're not, we're not a huge fan of the phrase money ball. Are we on this show, given it's baseball origins, but uh, look, I'll give it to them. The pies, I actually think they have, they've, they've just cherry picked what they've needed as they've gone on, uh, I mentioned before, Seb. I delve into the old Granny highlights on YouTube. Had a look at the 2018 Granny, uh, which still to me is uh, up there in terms of quality. Uh, they've turned that that list over a, a sizable bit from the time that played that day. So they've been able to find pieces all over the ground to you know basically get them back to this level. Uh, and and you know they weren't too far off on that day uh, and and find that extra. Because you know we all love that team that they had there, and they made a prelim the following year. We were probably stiff not to beat the uh, the giants in that one. So uh, I'm just pulling it up here so I could just sort of walk you through who was uh, involved in that one. But yeah, the, the, they I will give it to you they, they have money bought it. They, they've just been smart. Uh, I'll throw some names at you. So these are some names that have left: uh, Langdon, Varco, Goldsack, Phillips, Trelaw. Uh, Jaden Stevenson, Josh Thomas, Brody Grundy, Taylor Adams obviously didn't play. Braden Sire, James H, Chris Main, Levi Greenwood like that's the majority of that 2018 side. So they, they've built this team with a real strong core, and they've found all those pieces around it. Uh, you know, mix of good drafting, mix of that uh, that special ingredient that got the Cats there, the luck with the father sons, and they've just gone from there.
0: Yeah, and that—that's a big thing that doesn't seem to be getting talked about enough. they depending on who you talk to. Their so-called best player, whether he is or isn't, Nick Dacos is a father son. His brother's also there as a father son. Their captain is there as a father son. Little yeah, bit helpful.
1: Pendlebury a priority pick as well. Back well, in the Pendlebury day and was...
0: Dale Thomas the same draft, and I think, I think you'll find that Dale Thomas was the priority pick. Um, yeah, I think that's true. But but so be it. They got him in a year where they had another pick right behind him. So you sort of can can go through like that. Um, every team's got it. It's just it's, uh, oh, Brisbane had Jasper Fletcher there, other father-son Will Ashcroft, who, who may well have won the Rising Star ahead of my man Harry. Um, he's a father-son. So there's it's all over it you just got to accept there's there's compromise and and move on um but around that they then added markov and frampton bobby hill comes in they went out and paid uh my man damic stay but that's yeah. that is what it is that's like that they went aggressive with brody grundy to free up space to then do something like that they found mason cox on the international you know, they showed him what a football was. Like he had no idea. Yeah, that, I'm that's... still a little bit stunned. He's a premiership player because he just he doesn't know the rules.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you got arguments. Just, to... I mean, he he does go for the ball, so I'll give him that. Um, and can find the sticks, and I mean, held his spot. His spot was uh, up for grabs, and and he, you know, he was able to sort of just hold there, and you know, they've preferred to go over go with Cameron and Cox over Grundy is their ruck option. Yes, there's all the money things to the side of that, but they've, they've been able to make that work, which only a real good team could could do. So, um, I mean, in terms of money ball, you've got to love Brodie Meyercheck coming in. I know he played in that 2018 granny, but I mean, he's come from Port Melbourne and, and turned himself into a player. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, Markov, that he was on the chopping block and was looking for a job in Queensland. I'm pretty sure they found something there. Um, yeah, it's just Isaac Quaynor. I know he's NGA, but he he turned into something. They're not. They're no guarantee. Um, Bo McCreary, who I'll get to later, Seb. I mean, they found something there. Lipinski from the Dogs. Yeah, Bobby Hill from the from the Giants. They've just pieced together. Uh, around that big core that we know from the last time they were there in the grand final, so I'll give it to you. You can have money ball in this instance.
0: I like it. I like it. It look it was identifying need and getting value players that can play a role versus just bringing in the best players on big money, which that's what Johnny Ralph thinks money ball is. Um, <laughs> you got no I mean, idea.
1: I- he played in the last granny, but I should give a shout-out to Jeremy Howe. That's just been a great pickup for them. Like, it, that was – you could say what you want about his game and the high-flying highlights, but he, he, he had an underrated game as well on the day. I thought he he just did every he, – he just had one of those games where you just did 100% of what he had to do in every situation. So, that's kind of what Collingwood have built their game plan on is just nailing what they just have to do. And he's, he's a leading candidate. And, yeah, he had – the sore ribs will get – told for years and years now, but for to come back from, you know, a, an arm that they wouldn't even show us a replay of it was that bad. And then it got infected and he looked on the on the canvas in terms of his season and he's come back and yeah, he had had twenty four and nine marks. He he was pretty pretty solid when they needed him to be. So yeah, he he's been another good one, I think. He's been good for a while. Uh but yeah he was, he was. said you can have it.
0: There's one more question I want to ask about Collingwood. And be honest, is Jack Ginnivan the luckiest man in football? One thousand percent. Didn't have a great game. Had one shot on goal. Like sometimes it's just not your day as a small forward. Um, he kept trying. I'm not trying to have a go at the individual here, but he was at the more stakes at Mooney Valley the night before, just having a few bets, few little little. What I call them short term high risk investments. Um, <laughs> that's solid. If they'd lost this game by less than a kick, all hell breaks loose for the poor kid.
1: Like, oh, 100%. Just,
0: someone tell him to pull his head in and just go, mate, after this week, there's then eight weeks of great racing in Victoria and there's Mooney Valley every Friday. You can go to them all. Don't yeah. go the night before the grand final. He He's damn lucky and I'm not, I, I don't think it's necessarily the individual... I don't really care what he does. He's won the won the flag, but yeah, he's damn lucky.
1: Oh a hundred percent like yeah, you just it goes without saying you, you just go low risk at any stage, but let alone when you've got a grand final the next day. uh you know, a bloke like Johnny noble who who's had an awesome season, played most games, you know, got got dropped on the eve of the finals, but he is you know one of those tooth and nail fight to the death types. He'd be spewing that this this kid who can explode but might not can just you know take the P one double fives and just just sort of be a little loose. I think he internally will copper spray for that and have to wear it. But yeah, that's just one of those attitudinal ones. I think winning will paper over that. But yeah, you you just would want to reel that in. I'm with you.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Credit to him, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm
1: not saying it like, you know, like you, you, we're sounding of age when we're saying this, like, oh, that damn kid. But it's before the just, grand final. Any other week. Just be smart. It's just dumb.
0: Like if it was Anzac Day, wouldn't have a problem with it. Like it was before a big game, but this is the game. Like
1: uh, he might not have gone to the Valley and he could have kicked four. We'll never know. You know what I mean? Like you don't know yeah. where, how, you know, the sliding doors go. And the, well,
0: We're going to get on Brisbane in a second. You don't always get back and get to play in another one. So yeah. don't leave any stone unturned. Um, and Colin would have come out and ticked it off, which I think they just did that pre-game. <laughs> oh, just I did it pre-game, so I think that was just to make it sure it was a non-issue rather than having a a big carry-on because whether he does well, it I mean, rightly yeah. or wrongly, Ginnivan cops a fair. He, he cops it no matter what he does. So I sort of I just think he's he's lucky.
1: Um, well, true. Do you think he would have been dropped if that was a normal season game? Like, you know, they don't, obviously don't want to cop any press of dropping in the night before a grand final because that would have been enormous. But, you know, uh, in season, if I, they had team rules, I don't know what the team rules are, but.
0: I don't know. I wouldn't if I was this coach because what Craig McRae's done is nothing short of amazing. Um, But he's got the players enjoying footy. Go out and play it. Play it like you're a kid. Just go and have fun. Take a game on. Take risks. Enjoy it. And part of that is if you think going to the races the night before is having no impact on your game and and it it might help and relax you, then do it. Like, it just depends. If their rule was, hey, everyone's in bed by 10 o'clock grand final, we're going to make an exception. We're not going to pretend it's any other game. It's the biggest game of your life, so let's treat it that way. If that's what they said, then, yeah, they should have done something, but oh, we'll never know. You know, All the stories will start coming out now about how good this was and how good that was. I mean, the cynic in me looks at um, the the kid who gave Nick Dacos his, his medal, was obviously representing the disabled community, and he was mic'd up for some reason. So, Nick Dacos could look like the best individual in the world. Like, do you think that wasn't set up? Like, it's all just pandering at that point. But, um, yeah, if, if I don't know how much of a real issue the coach would have, if it wasn't strictly breaking a team rule.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess they, they are more relaxed in that sense. Like, I guess, um, and I don't know if I was reading too much into this pregame, you know, they have vision of the rooms and I don't, you couldn't tell what they were saying, but Craig McRae was, you know, jumper over his head, whipping it, excited up and about. I think he, you can read between the lines that he basically told the team that he'd had a daughter that morning, which is its own amazing story that I think that was pretty much, I don't know if it was kept under wraps, but it was pretty low key. And even he got to sleep the night and then woke up and it was, let's go to the hospital now. And, had a baby on Gran or Anyway, he's telling the boys that exciting news and getting them all g'd up and they were laughing and, and having a great time and then you flipped over to the Lions rooms and, geez, they look they just look toey and nervy and just maybe it was the camera angles at that time. Maybe it was a little bit of editing that sucked me in, but you know, it sort of showed the two teams. Like, Fags is probably, you know, he's got that fatherly aspect. And come on, boys, let's get the, we've got a job here to do. Let's get it done. Whereas, you know, maybe McCray, yeah, more of that new age. Yeah, if you can get your peak performance, I'll go with it. Let's be relaxed. I don't know. I'm probably jumping onto one moment too much, but I just was interested in that. And yeah, this Guineman thing sort of related, I guess. If, if they're happy, happy for that to happen and they come out with a win, then they won't worry about it.
0: That's right. I um I found it interesting that Channel Seven managed to find that footage for Collingwood and the Down and Out footage from Brisbane. Like we we saw a snippet, and they've been in there for however long. It could have had any, yeah. I know any selective
1: footage. editing. Yeah, true, uh, true. I probably should have read less into it, but it was Still, that way. It's a great moment. One, yeah, you'll never forget.
0: I let's flip the coin. Sliding doors, Brisbane. Uh, have struggled in recent years to win finals, especially away from the Gabba. Have now lost another final away from the Gabba. Uh, the curse of the G—that thing—is going to be re- rearing its head next year or as soon as they go and play at the MCG. Did they—they they leave one out there? They let it
1: slip. Oh, yeah, I do think they let that one slip. Uh, yes, you give Collingwood all the shots they had and in the inside fifties, blah blah blah, but. I feel like Brisbane played into Collingwood's game more than Collingwood played into Brisbane's game because first half, it, uh, this probably slipped under the radar because of the end result, but it was a genuine high-scoring shootout. Like, you know, what was it? 63 to 57. Like, that that's an enormous first half in any game this season if you go on the scoring. I mean, have a look at what the Ds were doing later in the year. That, that was a standard score, 63. So... yeah, the ball was pinging around and it, it, it looked like it could have been 100 each at that point but in the second half they just sort of, I feel like they lost their dare, the lines, they just weren't taking it on yes, Collingwood obviously were marking the corridor but they just weren't able to just get that ball movement that they love and they were chipping it and going down the line and you know, they got a few out the back you know, Charlie Cameron got involved there and it just they were just a bit stifled and i felt like they weren't as creative or as imaginative as they needed to be and then you saw even you know once they go 10 points down and it's throw everything you can then they were winging it you know McCluggage keeping it in with one hand lines over the shoulder joey having a snap without going back like they they left their risk taking till it was too late um and they played in the Collingwood's hands. It turned it into a you know a bit of a an arm wrestle. Uh, it, it just didn't play well for them. I don't know if you saw that or felt that watching it, but I just they were felt in that front. The game five, felt tense. They were it was in front with five minutes to go. Uh, it, exactly, but I just I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's a slim slim margin. I'll give you that. But you, do you feel maybe apart from that second quarter burst, they? never sort of exploded for an extended period and they they had that in them
0: yeah uh, look grand finals are tough um they didn't they didn't but it's not like this wouldn't be the game where i think oh yeah this is the, they're going to have a chance where they're going to be able to kick 6 7 in a row like they kicked 5 out of 6 in that second quarter patch um it just like it, it came down to opportunity, and at halftime, Collingwood had had ten more inside fifties, but what they were ahead by six points. But you felt if the inside fifties evened up, Brisbane were going to be able to capitalize because they're just so so efficient um, going going forward. They just would never. Yeah, that, able that's to. why I
1: felt like get it in there, take take a risk. Like that's it's a thin margin. Like I, I think I heard someone say pre-game that there's no bigger canyon than winning and losing a grand final. And especially like this, like, it doesn't take too much more dare. It just takes one famous play. Like, you know, to bring up 2018 again, McGovern takes a screamer and it's that famous play along the wing. Like, they just, I mean, obviously the game's got to present itself too, but yeah, it's just the thin margins. And like, you're talking about the one that got away. Like, I feel like they were just one of those plays away from it clicking and they're, they're the premiers, you know what I mean? Like this is a toss of the coin job, bit, bit of luck involved um, and they're pretty stiff. But yeah, if you throw that into the mix, then maybe it's not as stiff and Brisbane win it comfortably, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, the one thing, they, they had five marks inside 50 for the game. Their average is 13.7. Collingwood had 12, they averaged 12.8. So they just, Collingwood didn't give them what they wanted coming yeah. into their forward line. They did a good job of squeezing them. And, like, everyone's talking about how well Coleman was playing off the half-back line. He was banging it out, and then Collingwood were banging it back in. Like, it was a bit of, bit of a kick-to-kick kick element at times that wasn't, you know, it wasn't well, like he was carving them up coming out the back.
1: And, and sort of he's similar to Bobby, like, explosive in that first half. But then I think he only had four after half-time. So they either went to work or he... the the game sort of slipped away there, but I don't want to be like harsh on Brisbane. I think they're just genuinely stiff. Like, I don't know does if that game goes for another minute or two, do they snag one more? I mean, it was that kind of game that it could have, it was literally a toss of the coin. Like that's probably what leans it towards being one of the great all-time ones. It literally was such a thin line between the two sides. Um, You know, you just feel stiff that there has to be a loser out of it. Like, yeah, they, they, I, I feel like they could still hold their heads high, the Lions here. Do you think – yeah, like you mentioned some stats, but you wouldn't say the Lions played badly.
0: No, you wouldn't. I, I just – it's an opportunity slipped. And if you, if you had to do your way too early 2024 grand finalists, is it Brisbane versus someone next year?
1: Yeah, it's a good call. Well, I was thinking – I've sort of tuned to, uh, to and fro on – is that the expression? I can't uh, think of it off the top of my head. Uh, anyway, um What, are you going to give me uh,
0: a 20-twin rematch, Collingwood-St. Kilda?
1: Oh, geez, that'd be nice. No, well, you maybe... Oh, how did the preliminary finalists from this year go to the Giants and Blues get up there like it was preliminary finalists from last year? Look, do you... I'm, I, anyway, to get to my point, I was just going to say, like, do you think the Lions are... Do they feel old to you? Is this sort of a, a window closed list? I mean, I'm only I'm heading into that camp and I've gone into it and jumped back out and gone back and forth. But, you know, they'd want to strike while they've got Joe, Charlie, even, you know, like a Lincoln McCarthy, Lockie Neal's not getting any younger. They do want to strike while they've got that those pieces in the team now. Like, you sort of think, yeah, those three I mentioned, Danaher, Cameron, McCarthy, they're not going to be around in a few years. So they're going to have to find a pretty much full forward line uh, going forward in the next few years. So they'd want to win one pretty shortly. Otherwise, it's going to get away from them.
0: That's exactly what happens. So they finish 15th in 2018. And then they fit. This is end of home and away season, right? Then they finish second, second, fourth, sixth second right that's their home and away finishes they've got i think it's one prelim and one grand final appearance that's their two best finishes
1: uh, Mate, no they is... made the 2020 prelim um at home like that that was a year that probably got away from them when they had the covid year on their home deck and then they made the prelim last year and got smashed by the cats
0: yeah i yeah i had them had them last year um, uh, and that's fine. Um, how, how like how long can you stay up? Geelong are the oh, exception I mean, to it's the rule. Richmond are up for five years. They're gone. This is now five years up for Brisbane. But I don't think they're going to still be up for three, four years. You, you have to strike while the iron's hot, and they just haven't. And um, it's, yeah. I mean, you've got a Brownlee medalist. You've got an All-Australian fullback. You've got, one key forward who can turn a game. It looks disinterested. You've got one great small forward. You've got pieces everywhere. Father, son, they've got coming in. Are, are good players, but I just the just the law of averages and the stats statistician in me says they can't just they're not just going to be top four, top four, top four for the next three years and be competing off in prelims. Like it's an exception to the rule when you when you do manage to do it. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: No, I'm, I'm with you because look, I'll, I'll give you the, the the future is bright, so don't worry. Zach Bailey, McCluggage, you know Robertson, Fletcher, Coleman's pretty young. Um, Cam Rayner m- might well we are hoping, turns into something. Wilmot's got some wheels. Jared Berry, I guess we'll get to. He's shown he can play. McInerney's not super old, so you know th- th- there's there's pieces there, but I think there's a difference as well between like a team that can constantly make the eight, but you need that cream on top of your list that can win games off their own boot or win major awards or be regularly All-Australian. you got to have that to get into that top four mix. So, you know, strike while those blokes are flying, keep building the youngsters and, yeah, I'm with you. But it's just like as the, you know, we saw last year the Cats absolutely eked it out and snuck it in on the bell and they've, you know, come off the cliff and had the worst season in the club's history. So um, it, it, it's, it's a fine line for the Lions. I think, yeah, they're good enough to make it back next year. And I feel like, you know, you've mentioned the five-year. They have – it has been very gradual but gotten deeper and deeper into September. So, look, next year, 2024, 2025, otherwise it's going to be tricky for them as is what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: I'm mm. I'm I'm not so much
0: about the age. I'm just the gen look, it's just takes a lot out of you. And even you in your your mid twenties, like you you then start preseason later and it's a tougher preseason and you're behind the eight ball a little bit. Um it just they've let one slip and haven't necessarily played poorly but just didn't take the chances they were given.
1: It, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's just so, it's such a thin line, though. Like, say the Lions win, who who's winning the Norm Smith? Is Bobby winning it in a losing side? Are we seeing a rare uh, occurrence of that? Joey Danahum, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, we haven't. We, you've covered it in little drive bys, but uh, you're off Eric Hipwood but Joey was huge. Uh, he clunked everything on the day, really.
0: Yep, he was. He was switched on and playing a good game. Uh, Eric was not As I pointed out They both needed to play well For Brisbane to win Um, Joey Joey is fantastic Like he was going up in the ruck Getting around the ground It just He he played a good Joe Danaher game If he had played an amazing one Like a five-goaler They win the grand final Like that's That's the ability he's always had
1: Yeah it's yeah it's it's just still striking me that it's so harsh I mean I don't think you could pick too much off Brisbane like you know even I mean Barry with the 50s was not ideal especially the side bottom one like that was dumb but if this he was the NFL goal of his life at the end you know if
0: this was the NFL he'd never play for this team again like you'd just be <laughs> yes. gone like like you know not to do it we're in the biggest game of our life you know not to do that we shouldn't have to tell you not to do that. You still done it. Bye bye. No more. No more. We'll trade Jack. We'll get rid of you. Like that's, We're that's what not would happen.
1: quite as harsh, are we? No, we don't have, I guess, the huge talent pool to fall back on that you could just find someone to replace him. But
0: I think we do. I you think reckon? there's a lot of guys at state level that, given a chance, will be able to step up and like they're not going to match Lockie Neal, but to match the output of of um, Barry, like that's, that's certainly possible. Like, I think you could pluck a lot of players out of a state league. who could come in and have 11 touches, few marks, you know, once they've had the, the preseason and training and, and all this other stuff, like the, obviously when they come in from the mid season draft, they look a bit lost. Um, but I definitely think there's still, I think there's talent there. Um I, I, I'd be doing it just to send a message to the rest of the team a little bit. Like, we're
1: better than just- that. Don't Ship do. him off. Well, that is
0: why, huge. Why not do something different? We don't do well, anything different have to. in this league. It's all a copycat league. And then we copy Geelong and then we copy Collingwood now. And, and you never catch up. You need to be the next St Kilda who's going to do it. Or the next Western Bulldogs. Or the next, well, don't be the next Essendon. They're no good. Um, but you see my point. There's always the next team. You've got to be the next you, the next new thing, not the next
1: old thing. He's spoken like a coach. I like it. And yeah, I'm with you though. You, you've got to innovate. That, that's that's what the, the uh, creme de la creme are doing, approaching it differently. I'm with you. So yeah, it, it's hard to sink. You can't sink the boots into Brisbane in my eyes. I just think, yeah, just one, you know, stray opportunities that maybe the pie's got or, you know, finding that, I can't even say finding that extra gear. We're talking literally about a kick, the difference here. Uh, in terms of this game as well, because we have seen uh, other grand finals and they've they've had more momentum swings and cashing in on momentum and you know the scoreboard pressure. But I feel I don't correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if this one got any further out than sort of two goals for the whole day. Uh, the, I know Brisbane had a run and got to thirteen. Collingwood sort of got the first two on the day, but look, it wouldn't have gone. It wouldn't have gone past fifteen or. Three goals, say. So it? No, it, the
0: biggest lead was the Lions with thirteen points. Yeah, there you go. Collingwood's so, biggest lead was twelve points at the six-minute mark of the first quarter.
1: There you go. That's so it, that that's intensity. So yeah, it's not not like yeah, granny's of the past where it's a team's ridden a wave and you know the other team couldn't stop. This is as evenly matched as I reckon I've seen in a grand final before, including well, probably since the. Well, even the Swannies and Eagles back in those days, they were momentum games too. You know, one team would have a great first half, the other team would fight back. It would literally be down to the last plays. But this one was just all day. It was unrelenting. It was tense. I didn't I didn't feel relaxed watching it the whole day.
0: Oh, you That's what happens. You get invested and involved. It's, footy's good. It brings out every sort of emotion you can imagine.
1: Do, Absolutely. What, so now, we're, now we thoughts. Should... Well, we've got a We can't talk about a grand final. We we sort of mentioned the umpiring off the top, but it was subpar. I don't like yeah. sinking the boots in, but it again proved my point that we need full time umps doing this as a job.
0: Yep, full time umps. I think you need less decision makers, not more on the field. Um, I I don't understand the head high contact rule because. Oh,
1: I, well, you get get me started, Seb, but I, it was shockingly I, adjudicated last week and it has it didn't improve.
0: Yeah, I actually like it if you let the tackler go low and do everything they can to make the tackles go high. Like, if 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 they can trick you into doing it, so be it. It's at least crystal clear for the umpires where it is or isn't a free kick. And then it challenges the tacklers to get lower. You just need to have it if you uh, then seem to be doing something to – cause the high contact like duck or like fall down. That's the same as stiff arming or evading a tackle. Therefore you get caught, you're done cold. And then the umpires, don't, because you're watching Dacos got some and he's literally, it's like he's Leighton Hewitt. He's doing the come on with his arm. He's just shoving it up to force the tackle high. But the umpires either blindsided or thought it was okay and paid the free kick. And I'm like, you tell us you can't do that, but now you can. But Ginevan does it and everyone loses their mind whether it is or isn't paid. Just we don't make the rules easy for them. They didn't get it overly well right on the day. The first goal to Collingwood from Dacos, very suspect free kick. Um, mind you, Eric Kippwood got a suspect free kick and missed the goals completely. So
1: You're going to bring that one in. Toby Mitchell, though, he he was getting low, and he got one right at the death there. Like, that's probably there, but I'm with you. I think it's my issue was that it was just inconsistently, like, adjudicated. And I mentioned, like, last week, like, Toby Green's getting decapitated regularly, wasn't getting anything. Yeah, Dacos gets that one early. And, and, yeah, I mean, he he was an amazing player and and everyone loves him, but he he will have to sort of get some of this flopping and diving and, Oh, I cop this just, if he just plays a game, like he probably could have won a Norm Smith. Like he just, he, he, you know, I I don't know. Fan likes to see the sort of playing for free kicks and trying to suck the ump in with with that kind of thing. So yeah, it's, but uh, to go back to your point, there's just so much gray. So it's just getting rid of that in our game. I think we're obsessed with new rules to fix old rules, just, just make things simple for the umps and the fans at home and the players as well. And we'll, all, we'll all be happy. Um, the other one was the advantage rule. Uh, well, the advantage rule that wasn't, well, it was invoked, but wasn't, wasn't an advantage. So I've seen that many Pies fans pulling out the AFL guidebook on Twitter saying it's an advantage if you choose to take the following possession from that call, whether it turns your favor or not so that's probably the letter of the law but i mean it was late in a granny did the ump get a little caught up in the the momentum of the game and the the moment and just just not blow his whistle and say hold on hold on pull that one back that wasn't where it needed to be
0: yeah so if brisbane marked it you also wanted it pulled back
1: yeah absolutely Well, to be honest, if you asked me, it's Saturday at 5 o'clock, I probably would have said, here we go. But, uh, Yeah, so I
0: think the issue with that one is if the umpire has a semblance of um, – decides to use some judgment as to whether it should or shouldn't be paid, Brisbane market, and then he's disadvantaged Brisbane. Zach Bailey needed a better awareness that the whistle had gone –
1: was that harsh with a hundred thousand and twenty-four fans screaming at you at the top of their lungs?
0: He's got Two one minutes. he's got one job. Half of the fans are corporate's not saying anything. So it's not I don't think it's harsh. Um It's the problem is it's not consistently applied all year and you see them take some and they look, did it go through for a goal? Not bring it back. So again, we have these different rules where the ball's kicked for goal versus when it's in general play. The umpire, if it was a free kick the other way, technically could have paid 50 because the whistle went and then the whistle went again for the free kick and advantage was taken. It looked in the moment, it was clearly no advantage. The umpire should have used some judgment, but the rules scheisenhausen to put it in, in another <laughs> language, um, umpires has got to stop blowing their whistle. They've just got to yell out free kick and let it go for 30 seconds to then see what happens. As Soon as the whistle goes, the play should stop. It, it can't work both ways. Cause so often you see it, the whistle goes half the play stopped. One player keeps running. So long as he doesn't kick it, he can run as far as he wants till the second whistle goes. That's how the rules currently adjudicated. Zach Bailey kicked it. That's where he came unstuck. Um, but the the rules terrible again, not so much have a problem with the umpires, I have a real problem with the rules.
1: Yeah, that's a fair way to look at it because we are sinking the boots into the umps because they're adjudicating, but, you know, they've been set up with this, yeah, like we said, this grey rule book that makes minimal sense and multiple rules contradicting others and the word interpretation being involved, like, it's that's never a good thing. You shouldn't have to interpret rules, they should just adjudicate rules because they're clear. So, yeah, I mean... It, it's all sort of probably been washed away because it, it is just a Collingwood love fest at the moment, and these little things aren't uh, being taken in. Uh, I was copping some messages on my family chat, Seb. All of four mentions of the Lions uh, on on the couch tonight, so <laughs> they're basically non existent. The Lions, even though they were a kick away from a famous flag, but that's just how it rolls. I'm 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 taking it in, Seb. That the harshness and. The two sides of the coin in uh, in sport.
0: Yeah, it. Uh, well, I mean that on the couch thing doesn't surprise me. Probably three from Jared Healy and one from John O'Brien.
1: Yeah, I think he wasn't too happy, big brownie. I don't think he wanted to delve into the game too much.
0: Uh well, he's got no opinion. He just sort of says the obvious. Um, <laughs> like he's <laughs>
1: still chewing on something.
0: Uh, I want to ask you. I want to ask you about a trade. Rumor that I've heard, Essendon
1: and St Kilda oh, are yeah, so trying to. You happy to um, pack up the uh, pack up the granny, that lock it up.
0: Yep, yep. Just imagine how Sorry. long this would be if it was a North Melbourne St Kilda grand final. We'd go on for about four hours.
1: Just <laughs> would we even be talking? I don't know if we would. No, nah, we would. Depending on the result, we'd both be insufferable to the other one. That's for damn sure. So it would be a good app. I, I
0: hope was we always, I was always nice to you those years. The Saints were there.
1: No, no, you, you're rare. You're a good ruse winner. We know too many of them that aren't. Uh, but I haven't uh, seen you beating my team in a final uh, before. So I, I don't know. You went, we, did, right. we didn't know each other in 97 when we got you. So that was going a while back. So I haven't rubbed that one in too much.
0: 98 preseason? We, we yeah, yeah there? that's
1: probably your card. Yeah, let's let's clear of that. That's probably the closest we've got. Is that uh, the biggest game in our lifetime? Wow. Anyway,
0: I don't know, Tom. I don't know.
1: Yeah, trade rumor hippie. Sorry. So we packed up the granny. That was that was nice. End of 2023. And that's all she wrote. No more calling would talk. I like it. Uh,
0: the Saints and the Bombers are trying to do a little shifty one. What do you. Yeah. So can you explain this one to me? Because I don't understand.
1: I personally don't understand it either. But we're trying to maximize the. The deal for Jade Gresham so that he meets the, whatever it's called, band one compensation gets, I think, a mid to late first round pick. And then I think the second part of the deal is we're going to trade it back to the Bombers and then get Dylan Scheel out of it and also cap room. Is that, have I read that right? Like I've, I personally don't understand it like I don't know why we are giving the pick back and what the advantage to the Saints is like it's awesome for the Bombers because they get Jay Gresham and they get you know money off the books as well I think from their end and they end up with a first rounder so that's
0: that's how I read they it kind as of well
1: paying us with Dylan Shield to do this deal for them is how I'm reading it like he's just a little perk of doing this sort of move, maneuver for them
0: yeah, look, that's how I read it, um, just in the sense of there's uh, essentially by doing all this, suddenly this compo pick comes out of nowhere and then that's available for, for selection. Um, what I'm trying to work out is who at the Saints is really pushing for this deal. Like you get the pick but then get rid of the pick for a player that isn't worth the pick at all.
1: Yeah, that's why it doesn't make sense. Like, I we, I don't know if the the salary component that we haven't really seen, uh, you know, is a massive factor. Like, yeah, who who's getting the benefit there? Like, is it the Don's getting rid of Shield because he's a lot of you know a lot of resourcing, a lot of money? But why would we pay to have someone like that on our list? He's not really a player that we need. Uh, I I can't work it out. Uh, it, do you think it's an Essendon originating rumour, or is it? uh
0: but, yeah, I just like, it possibly Essendon, seeing it. Essendon come off like heroes in it. And that, yeah. they said this is this is their time of year, trade week. Like, we get up and about, Dodoro starts making some deals. They want a first-round pick for Brandon Zirk Thatcher. Uh, I don't know why they're asking for that. He's not worth it. Port Adelaide don't have one this year. Like, just just think about what you're doing. Um, but- we get
1: here every trade period, though. That's why he's, he just cops it left, right, and centre. The the dodo because he just goes sky high. And yeah, I guess he's looking at for you know getting the best price for the bombers. But does he? You know, as he cost them on other deals? And you know, it's not exactly translated into on field being this sort of stubborn. So you you mentioned trying something new. I mean, they need to uh, try something new.
0: Yeah, and the reports, and it's from Johnny Ralph, so I'll give it a grain of salt, but um, Essendon are apparently 20 or 30 grand short of offering Mackay 800 grand, which is the trigger for first-band compensation. Now, we're probably going to match him if that happens. Why wouldn't you just pay the extra 20 or 30?
1: Surely they can get it from somewhere.
0: Surely. They apparently got money to burn. Everyone keeps telling me this. And it looks like they're going to try and burn it by paying Ben Mackay and Todd Goldstein. That's uh, yeah. Not so sure I'd be doing pitch. that if I was the ball. That's the coach, obviously Brad Scott pulling that pulling the trigger there. Um but we're short key defenders, so if we if we have to, I think we're gonna match him. If we're not getting that pick three, um we'll certainly match him and see what happens. Um but there's, I mean, there's stuff happening left, right, and center. Zach Fisher will be requesting a trade shortly. Um, obviously, Paddy Dow hasn't done it, but will almost definitely request a trade, potentially to your Saints, Tom. Is that one you want to see?
1: Yeah, no, I'd be very happy with that. I think we uh, showed this year we need a bit of pace injected into our midfield, and he, he had a good back half of the year as Carlton rose up the ladder, Paddy, so... Probably stiff to uh, not be playing finals and probably stiff not to get a game in that prelim given they were handing them out left, right and centre. So he'd be a good get.
0: Yeah, um, the Saints have got a history of of getting guns from pick three in the draft, don't they? <laughs>
1: well, Jack Billings, he's on the trade table if you ask his manager. I'm not sure there's too many bites there.
0: No, I don't think there is There is too much, but that's that's all right. If, if you... Have you got anything uh, else? They're just starting to try and pepper the rumours and you've just got to sort of try and filter through the garbage at the moment. There's just there's good stuff and then there's just genuine made-up stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, there's plenty of names floating around. I mean, they're all middle tier, if, if you've got to be honest. Like, I don't know if there's any out-and-out A-graders out changing clubs this year, uh, you know, there's some good honest players in here you know James Shorten is Sydney you know youngster but he's on a straight he's off uh you know hasn't probably risen to the heights he needed to Tom Dody yeah. he's an interesting one but he's off to maybe Brisbane uh but whether his knees can handle it who knows uh yeah like Maddie Flynn Liam Henry you know they're not they're not high rise names this year it's more Maybe more of that money ball, Seb. Geez, you've you've hooked me on it.
0: Marbier Troll's one that's getting floated around. Um he's proven effective, but not an out and out star, and he's fallen out of favor at the Gold Coast Suns of all places. So I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, you know, like I I North Melbourne needs someone like that It could be versatile and do a few things. But if you've fallen well, out of favor at the Gold Coasts.
1: True, he, he's an interesting uh, watch because uh, this is how much you want to see footy at this time of the year. I saw the uh, VFL grand final where Gold Coast played Werribee, and at times he can look explosive, like he could do anything, and then at times he's he's not running back or he looks disinterested. He's just it's a wild swing between amazing and what are you doing? So. <laughs> He'd be an interesting one in a real solid club with a you know bit of bit, bit of drive that could sort of straighten that into something and get the best every week. So, um, you know, tolls don't come on trees. Another one I'm interested in, Seb uh, Jacob Kazitsky sort of couldn't get a game at the Hawks, but he's shown he can find the goals. He could be a little little nice one for for a team like Melbourne uh, or any team really looking for a solid forward. I think he can do a... Do a half good job uh, up forward, so he he's interesting to me.
0: I'll give you two, and you probably won't like this. Sean Darcy to the Cats, and oh. o- Ollie Wines to the Cats.
1: He's just you've been in Geelong for a wedding, and you you've just canvassed the town and pulled out a couple of good ones. Um, geez, uh, Darcy would be an enormous get for them. That he he's severely well, he's rated, but. I think he's a little bit underrated. Yeah, you know, young Ruckman coming into his prime, he'll be there for ten years, so that would be a good get. And yeah, I mean, the competition. Look out if if the Cats get all he wins, because they just they can turn turn him back into that Brownlow medalist potentially. You know, so geez, that's a couple of juicy ones.
0: Yeah, well, he's something that they need Geelong like a, a out and out star in the middle. Um, and I didn't have his best year this year, so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anything happens there. Um There's, there's lots of other names being floated, so James Harms will, will probably move on. Um Grundy to Sydney is getting yeah, a lot of momentum. Dylan Stevens has requested a trade from Sydney to North Melbourne. Um I can just see all these future firsts from next year, those end of first round picks. They'll be going for these players. We won't have to give up anything to bring them in
1: um are you Richard, happy with that one like a uh, high, high pick for the swans couple of years in their system you, you know i think he was an emergency for the granny if, if he didn't play he would be yeah i can't remember off the top if he did but he's showing a bit
0: Uh look we need more talent and i'd rather get it in quicker than wait and and draft players with it because yeah it was a long year it was a very, very long year, uh, 20 losses in a row, but that's that's footy. Um, it's going to be a bumper trade period, but also it's going to be a lot of just guys doing this like us, just talking hypotheticals and, yeah. and like you'll you hear Tom Morris and then you'll hear Sam Edmund and then you'll hear Jay Clark and then you'll hear someone else and someone else and they'll all talk about the same trade and give you the same info yeah. and it's just boring like give me give me the left field stuff like that Geelong stuff that pricked my ears like Sean Darcy supposed to resign with Freo that was expected about two months ago it hasn't signed yet why not is there yeah, something yeah. on the table
1: fully fully with you there the the best parts of trade week are the deals that the media don't sniff and you know given that trade radio is the best example actually of real dry hard to listen to hypothetical stuff um it's those deals that make this time tick i'd almost it's never going to happen but like the media paired back and the deals to catch the average fan by surprise you know like i know it's a news business and it gets a lot of clicks but yeah i love it when those trades come through and it's like oh what ollie wines to geelong you're joking i didn't see that one coming how good's that you know just that that to me is where this this period of the year peaks but yeah, look, we don't get it because everyone's trying to get a story, and everyone wants to break that big trade. So it's competitive, and we hear everything.
0: Yeah, I, I actually think if, if there is a big trade that really gets things going, it is someone going for that pick one and Harley
1: Reed. Um, Your boys into that? I'm, I believe
0: we are. I think Ben McKay's got to go for us to really go. Yep, let's let's do it. Um, because then we get Harley Reed, but potentially also another kid in the top three, which is that's how you want to do it. Um, it just how it looks. I don't see Melbourne being able to find a way They've to do it.
1: Solid hand though, don't they? The D's, but probably they, if you if you've got two and three, you'll have the best hand in the business.
0: Yeah, and well, it's the future first. Like we can. Just we, we almost need to find a team who has a father son next year looking for some points and just pull their first out for those two um and, and do a deal. But it looks like that that will not stop being talked about. And well obviously you can trade right up through till the draft if you're just swapping picks. So I don't know when the trade period ends, whether I think we're gonna assume it starts next Monday and finishes Wednesday the eighteenth. It finishes on a Wednesday for some reason. Um and then we go through to the draft itself but after that point no players can be traded but those pick swaps become become massive and that's where you know Geelong Cash in and just get a first rounder just cuz I take someone's money off the books
1: oh well, yeah and then you you're looking at the the Suns with pick 4 three academy kids lined up uh that will not stay as the Suns pick uh that that's moving places so That's the one I'm keeping my eye on. I just hope they actually get some sort of currency this year, the Suns, because I still can't believe that Jack Bowes deal got through last year. Uh, It still boggles my mind that that, that happened, but it did. Uh, But now they've got another pick. It's even better uh, that they don't need because they've already got three kids coming through that they're going to take. So just, yeah, I'd be knocking on their door, at this time, the Suns. I think they're, they're, they're primed. They're, they're a, a factory for other teams, and till they prove me wrong, they're going to keep doing it.
0: Yeah, they are a development team, aren't they? That's where Richmond got their premiership from. Um, they just keep getting pillaged, and they probably got to fix a few things before that changes. Um,
1: These that, as well, to be honest. CV mate, um, yeah,
0: that's it for me, Tom. That was a ripping grand final, <laughs> best ever, hands down best. Where do you rank it? Quickly,
1: uh, third. Top three. Yeah, so 96,
0: got... 99, and then this one?
1: No, maybe even deeper than third. Maybe it would, look, I'll say in my top 10, I, I personally like the 2012 grand final. I, I think Malczewski kicking that goal put it into 10 points, but it was a legit goal, one goal game, to be honest. And then 2018, that was an unbelievable one as well. So uh I've got those two up there personally. Uh yeah, there's been some. ripples along
0: the journey too. We, we I think we forget because you go back last year and Geelong belted Sydney, and you go back the year before and Melbourne belted the Dogs, even though it was close through the end of the third quarter. Um, and you just sort of, oh, they're never close, but sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not. Just like footy, you know. Um, but yeah, ripping, ripping way to end the 2023 season.